We are all worthy, strong, and committed, and we are ready to go beyond our own limitations. Welcome back, my friends and loved ones, to the Rebel Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Thor, of course, and I'm here as a friend, a creator, a powerlifter, and a provocateur. And we are here to learn to question the one thing that keeps us from our best, ourselves. Join me as we dive deep to question and strengthen our communication and our vulnerability, create a healthier mind to commit to our goals, and how to give more to our lovers and the world. We're going to face the uncomfortable truths of what it means to be authentically and uniquely flawed, but awesome humans. So, let's get rebel-minded. Also, I'll bring in stories of all things powerlifting, Thor shenanigans, and probably some embarrassing mishaps. Let's do this. Welcome back, my Rebel Minded Freaks. How are we doing this week? It's another good week, I think. Here we are to think critically, to think skeptically, to think more and more as individuals, and to question the fuck out of everything. It's good to good to be back on this week. This will be another solo episode, but um, first I want to I wanna mention something, because in all of this discovery that we're trying to attain, it's amazing how limited we think that we actually are, and we subconsciously hold ourselves to those limitations, and we wonder why things don't work, we wonder why things don't get anywhere, that we want to, you know, we don't get where we want to go, all this crazy stuff, right? Well, I was having a conversation with one of my, let's say, new friends, somebody that I've known for a little while, I've been meaning to talk to for a little while, and we actually we actually hit things off really well. The communication was great, and what I want to say is that it it opened my mind up to the potential that I have as a human, not just because of how I'm reflected, but knowing that there's other people out there that are very closely related to who I am and the way that I think, and that to be my best, I'm going to have to to change. I'm going to have to move. I'm going to have to get into the environment that makes me grow the most efficiently and in the in the best of my direction, you know what I mean? And that means environment changes, friend changes, all sorts of different stuff. Not to say that I don't love the friends and family and the environment that I have now. I appreciate the hell out of all of it. But once your mind gets opened up to the possibilities, it's crazy to think that you're still sitting in the position that you are. And I have so many plans that I have, or I have so many plans that I, I want for the podcast to happen and so many plans for my own individual life and my personal life. And I just implore you to do your best to t- have really good conversations, to seek out really good people to move forward in any direction, even when it's, an, when it's uncomfortable or when you think you don't have time, just out of intuition or instinct or curiosity or intrigue and uh, just out of exploration and fun sometimes, you know? Don't be afraid to push your boundaries and at the very least, open your mouth. Take a few steps and you never know where you might be led. So... Now that that rant is over, I want you guys to jump into this podcast. Can't wait to talk to you. You know, I think one of the hardest things is seeing yourself as others see you. It's nearly impossible. I mean, 
what we think is so much different than what others think of us, right? There's a pain in the unknown. There's a fear in the unknown. And rarely do people tell us in detail what we look like to them. We get praise from others, but rarely do we get criticism among friends because everybody's afraid to hurt each other, or at least constructive criticism. We've gotten scared of the idea of hurting someone else, even if we know it may help them. And I don't even know where we lost track of this. I rarely see what others see in me. I've learned to give into this idea that I have to find out. I, I, I don't need to find out. I've accepted, at least to a major degree, that I won't get the most honest answers from people, and that's okay. I know that sometimes I preach, I know that sometimes I come off blunt, and sometimes I speak and write as if I know more than I do. But in my growth, I found that I know more than I ever have, and I've only ever wanted to share that. It's funny how our tone and our presentation and the exact words we use may give off an air of arrogance and entitlement. Then again, maybe what I give isn't valuable enough yet, or maybe the world is just moving fast enough that people don't have the time to stop and give their attention. Maybe it's all of these things. What I'm saying is that I'm only going to give out what I've experienced myself in conjunction with what I think the world needs. Nothing more and nothing less. What I present isn't always sexy. I know that, if at all. I get that. It's something that I've realized after so many discussions and interviews. My ability to quote-unquote sell people on anything is not a great skill of mine, and I've never wanted it to be. I've never enjoyed the manipulation side of that. So to be able to connect with anyone, I first want to bring what value I can and do it with the intention of creating curiosity and excitement. That's my sell. What I have before you are the greatest things that have changed me as a human over the last five years of my life, with the inclusion of the past 30 years of experience I've had in my life. I've dissolved beliefs, I've recreated them, I've questioned them, threw them away again, and ever so slowly found the balanced truth of these nine things that make me truly believe that they will significantly change the way that you see the world and how you influence it. Take what you can from these, build them in your own image, and fucking grow, my friends. They're not a fast track, and it's all about practice, thoughts, and habits. So they're not sexy at all. But I promise you, if you do the ugly things that are uncomfortable and that sometimes you may hate, you'll become sexy as fuck to the world outside of you. All because of what you do inside of you. So let's do this. This is episode 75, The Nine Practices for Male Power and Growth. All right, gentlemen, let's fly on this one. So number one out of these male practices, and I kind of put these, in my opinion, most important to the least, which they're all very important, but I think they start out from the top and go down. Things that you need to pay attention to and things that you may need to pay attention to before you start with the others. So the first one for me is physical power in your foundation to the ultimate power of yourself, right? And when I was 14, I had broken my collarbone, and it caused me to gain a little weight. It was the first time that I had any issues with body image, you know, having having self-esteem issues because of my body. I had gained weight, and I didn't really know what that was about. So I jumped into physical conditioning class when I was 14 years old, fell in love with it because my coach happened to be an ex-powerlifter and Olympic lifter, so that's what we got into, and that was the beginning of my journey. So for me, it's pretty well conditioned, but 
I am 5'3 and 145 pounds. I graduated at about 138 pounds. And I was fairly solid then, but I'm more solid now. I'm, I'm more dense. Uh, it, it's crazy the way the, the body carries weight. But what I'm saying is I have always felt powerful through my training. And I'm a very small person. I have never physically been in fisticuffs with anybody. I've never taken any self-defense courses. But I've never really felt in danger of anybody. And maybe that's arrogance. Maybe it's not. But training itself created a base for me to to mentally have a discipline, to be confident in myself, to have resiliency and not be beat down because the body is going to constantly fluctuate and there's going to be days when it's shit, just like in all these other external areas of life. So it kind of teaches you to not give up. And I think that it carries over so greatly to our external factors and the things that we want in life. So not only does it do that, it it keeps your body together. It keeps you away from injury, believe it or not. And it keeps your body strong. It keeps your bones stronger, more dense. And it helps with uh, fighting off disease. And it helps with horrible conditions. And you having to go to the hospital to get medications and see doctors and does exactly what it needs to do because our evolution is built by our body movement. Our health is built by our movement. And it includes so many other things like diet, less stress, good sleep, hydration, all these other things, right? But the basis should start with uh, your your physical prowess. So moving on to number two. Number two is to find your shadow and to face that motherfucker. Now your shadow is that piece of you that lives in the unconscious. It you know pushes you to do the things that you do and you you look back and you're like I don't why the fuck did I even do that? Why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I why did I act out that way? And your shadow is where all your trauma's at. It's where it's where all your uncomfortable feelings at. You don't want to face certain emotions, so you cover it up with addictions and vices and bury it with you know your camaraderie and alcohol and having fun all the time which there's nothing wrong with having fun but we need to pay attention to our shadow because that's where our balance comes from that's where you become the full 360 degree person you're supposed to be because that shadow carries so much that you're already ignoring so you're really only being about half of who you are because you're too afraid to face the dark side of yourself and you start having all these exacerbated problems because of your emotions uh, you may be emotionally driven, you may be impulsive, you may have addictive uh, attributes, and that's typically because of your shadow. And there's there's people that I'd like to point out. Jordan Peterson is a great uh, guy. It's, he doesn't do shadow specifics, but he does talk about the things that you have to deal with, taking responsibility for all the things that you are and all the things that you do. And if you want a guy to follow, his name's Robert Augustus Masters. He, he makes some great books. He has one called Emotion, Emotional Intimacy that I have not yet read. But his most fantastic book, in my opinion, is called To Be a Man. And it talks about uh, emotions and dealing with the shadow. And he's got another book specifically specifically for the shadow. And I highly, highly, highly recommend that you jump, jump into that. Because this is going to, not only is it going to force you to dig and research, it's also going to force you to dig into yourself and deal with pain and shame and resentment 
and all these things that happened in your past in your past that you are too afraid to deal with that you try to you know cover up with all these other things so the the problem with ignoring any of this is that the more you ignore it the more that energy is suppressed and the more that energy is suppressed the more it comes out in different ways that you wouldn't want to that in ways that people you know shame you for you know they they can in men that can come out in violence and crime and aggression uncontrolled and it's super important that you get in touch with this stuff because it's also going to help in your with your relationships your relationships are if you're in a male female heterosexual relationship at least you know to the best of my experience it helps you understand and communicate better with the female side and do it without being timid you can walk into your emotional space without being too afraid just because she may know more than you and you know you can stop blaming her for wanting to be emotional because you're just deflecting and you don't fuck you don't don't know what the fuck to do with your emotions you don't know what to do about your trauma and so you understand yourself and you least understand yourself in such a way that you can never be fully communicative and present and like dig into these deep things that actually help your relationships grow so research the shadow maybe dig into the couple books that i that i mentioned and face these things learn to write to yourself in a journal or whatever you need to do talk to yourself in a mirror a lot of times it's it's mostly just thought process and going over information that people you know with people that you respect in books and role models and stuff like that to actually face your shadow so that's number two and i think that it is very very important so make sure you dig into that Number three is kind of tied into number two is practice the inner monologue because this will give you power. So the men are going to reject this a little bit and I get it. But men, we all talk to ourselves. Every single one of us. That is our conscious consciousness, right? So we are all talking to ourselves. So don't think that it's some ridiculous, weak thing that you have to talk through yourself with or you have to talk to yourself that like you're a little kid because you know fucking what you're already talking to yourself you're probably already talking down to yourself and that conversation that you have with yourself is actually what gets you to attack the goals that you want it actually helps you deal with your like i said before your past traumas in your shadow your inner monologue that conversation that you have with yourself is all about control and when when you can do this, then you become more emotionally intelligent. You become more emotionally in control. You find out what you actually want. You find out what the kid in you wanted. You find out what responsibility is. You find out you know, how to have conversations with other people. You learn really, really great control. And in that inner monologue, what you learn in empathy with yourself translates to the relationships that you have outside of yourself because if you can be empathetic and loving and accepting of yourself you'll learn to do that more and more with people outside of yourself as well so number four is to read and write for improved cognitive function so what i mean by this is that read things that disrupt you read things that you disagree with or at least for me i like to read things that with I like to read things from people that I disagree with. I think it's super important to uh, 
bend your own perspective, maybe dissolve your own perspective enough so that you can can stay open-minded. So what this does for you when you're reading is you're following people that you respect, that you're curious about, that know more than you. And so it's a lot easier to soak up information with people that are above and beyond you because you respect the people that are above and beyond you, quote unquote, above and beyond you, because most of the time we're talking, we're talking and conversating with our, with people that are, are at our level, right? So you're more likely to pull in information and create good habits and listen more and incorporate more information when you uh, read from people that are above and beyond you. You know, like, like I said, your role models. And the other part of reading is that it changes and enhances your vocabulary. It helps you uh, have contem- better contemplation with yourself, like that, that uh, inner monologue that I was talking about. It improves your cognitive function. It keeps you open-minded. It creates more knowledge and wisdom. It opens up perspective just by what you read on a page, right? And the other part of this is writing. If any of you are abrasive against journaling, I, I highly recommend trying this at least to see where it takes you. And I mean trying for a few months to see where it takes you. It's not for everybody, but if you write out that conversation with yourself, you slow down the conversation that you have with yourself and you're you're more able to soak in what you're trying to do and you're clearing up the issues that you have with yourself because nothing else gets in the way. You're controlling the conversation with the writing that you're doing. So I highly, highly recommend reading reading for sure, and writing at least as some sort of practice. Number five, find everything out that you can about your enemies. This kind of goes into like what I was saying with reading about things that you disagree with. So the reason I say this is that the more you know your enemy, the more chance you have at winning. And this isn't just like a conquering thing. This is knowing your enemy well enough to take control of your own situation and not be fucked with, not be manipulated, not be, um, you know, stabbed in the back by anything. And it's kind of like that art of war um, recommendation is knowing your enemy, right? The more you know about the enemy, the more confident you are, the less in fear you are, and the more in control you are. And it creates empathy. You may actually find out that your enemies are not enemies at all. You may figure out that they're a lot more human than you think they are. You may figure out that you have a lot more in common than you think you are. So if you can actually turn an enemy, at least in your own mind, you have one less enemy to worry about. It's one more person that you don't have to conquer. One more person to create stress, right? And you also learn control in your battles and you know how to handle your battles and you know how which battles are worth taking on and which ones are not because so many enemies are out there just to create just want to watch the world burn what is that that's a that's a batman reference i think some people just want to watch the world burn and you're wasting your time if you have any intention of following goals and creating really good value for the world you're wasting your time with people that are so destructive that they just want to watch the world burn because they will do anything and everything to tear you down so get the fuck away from them right Number six, you're not going to like this one, especially a couple aspects of it. Practice 
fasting and abstinence in different parts of your life. And what I mean is abstinence and fasting with food, with sex, with any sort of like alcohol, drugs, movies, any sort of vice, anything that you use as like a dopamine dump. Because I'm not saying these things are bad. I mean, in great numbers, they are bad. They take away your ability to, to have the human experience. They take away your clarity. They numb you out. They separate. They, they kind of create like this robot version of you, right? And they're an easy path to any sort of um, satisfaction, right? And so practicing fasting and abstinence from these things teaches you control. Have you noticed all of these have some sort of benefit control, right? And most of us men want control, so pay attention. So it teaches you control of yourself, and it gives you more clarity and realization of who you are and what your habits are and where you're wasting time and where you can be better. And the thing that I've talked about with most people, and I just don't think I'm going to change my mind on this, is that I think porn is very destructive of the male mindset. You lose the ability to, to want to be invested into a relationship. You can get your, you, you know, you can get your satisfaction. You can, and you don't have to approach a girl. You can look ex- look for exactly what you want to in porn, and you don't have to worry about the yes or no's. You can look up any sort of fetish. You get exactly what you want through porn, and it's very easy to access, and you don't have to do anything extra to get it, right? But I want you to do this with multiple things. I want you to try this with food. I want you to try, to with, try this with porn. I want you to try this with uh, sex. Have you heard about uh, semen retention? Look into that a little bit. But this gives you the ability to clear out your mind. Oh, another one would be is caffeine. Don't forget about caffeine. Try to do this with caffeine because there's amazing benefits with caffeine, but it also creates... Uh, maybe not necessarily adrenal fatigue, but you, your body does wear out. And this is where we start to have problems with energy because our body is always shutting off certain inhibitors and giving us the happy juice and taking our adrenaline to the max and we're kind of left with nothing, right? Um, I'm not a scientist, so look into that. But this gives you a lot of clarity away from the chemicals and hormones that's created from all of this stuff, even the natural things like um, like sex and fasting. It gives you new perspective and it makes you more open-minded and it changes the way that you can possibly do things. You, may, you become more efficient. You become more driven, in my, in my opinion, because... Once you have control of these things, you wait for those things to happen, right? Like you wait to have sex with your partner or you wait to have cheat meals or, you know, you wait to have alcohol at a certain time and all the other times you're dedicated to your craft, you're dedicated to your mission and dedicated to whatever actions and values that you have, right? And maybe it'll tell you whether you're addicted to things or not. Mine is and always has been movies. So just know that so many things can be addictions and this is a good way to control them. Okay, number seven is repeatedly challenge your own goals, your aspirations, and your desires. One thing that most of us don't do enough is question who we are and what we're doing. And this was one of the very beginning things that I wanted to 
get recognized on the podcast was that we don't question ourselves enough. We get in habit and we get in our mode. We, we get into our job. We get into trying to make money. We get in trying to, to, to find love. Um, we get into all these things and we never actually question where we are. So as humans, we're not spo- we don't just – it's not a what, – what am I trying to say? A by it's not it's not a black and white like it's not a single transition right so it's not just childhood adulthood we are constantly meant to grow but because of the modern world and society the way things are going they expect us to just stay the same right the problem is is that you're going to experience things and you're going to grow regardless but you're going to grow very minimally and because of that you're going to get resentful. You're going to wonder why things don't work because your mind and body are, are trying to follow in a path of growth and you're not allowing it to because you're distracted by so many things and you get distracted by the very things that you're doing. So if you have a particular job and you don't and you don't question what you do just because you make good money or you don't question your relationship because you have one, if you get so much in the habit, you don't realize that your body and mind and soul are asking for things as you grow by the month, by the year, and by the decade. So continue to question all of what you do because you may be avoiding or missing things that are going to be super beneficial to your life, super relieving, super joyful because you're not paying attention to your change or you're too uncomfortable to change. So always keep questioning who you are and what you do in order to access the areas that you know that are built from curiosity and I guess, oh God, I'm missing my, all my words today. Lean the fuck into them. Give them a chance, okay? So you need to make sure that you're on right track. And it's, it's also going to humble you. It's going to tell you that you may or may not be doing what's right for you. And if you figured out that you're not and you've wasted a bunch of time, then go ahead and keep trying to change because you don't want to waste any more time. You don't want to have this battle of like, Oh, I put in all this time. I might as well wait till I retire. Or I put in this time for 20 or 30 years in a relationship. I might as well just hold out, even though you may, may be miserable. That's what I don't want people to do is to continue to be miserable. So repeatedly challenge yourself. Repeatedly challenge what you're after, your aspirations, your goals. And if you have to, use other people to, help, to, to find that out. What do they see in you? What could be a new skill? What are you passionate about? And lean the fuck in. So, number eight, learn who it is that would actually balance you out. A long time ago, I made a list of a person, and I had to revamp it a couple times. I made a list of a person that I wanted in my life. Uh, All of the things that were in their personality, all their physical things, and a lot of people would think that this is selfish. Totally disagree. It's not selfish. What it is doing is it's, it's dismissing all of the people that won't work for you, right? It's dialing in on the type of person that you may have and the type of person that you want, the values that you want in person. And it's going to help you figure out that the values you have, you can also find in another person and you're more compatible. So many people are worried about connection, right? Which a lot oftentimes gets confused with like lust and desire. And then we end up in these relationships with people that we don't really know and we wonder how the fuck we get there and we wonder how the hell we don't have things in common. And then we're miserable. And then we're trying to figure out why it didn't work. We're trying to figure out, you know, why we can't this why we can't make this relationship work. 
And in in retrospect, it's like we don't realize how unfitting we actually are. So make a list of your person because it's going to dial into the type of person that you want. And it's going to de-stress you when you go out into the world because you don't have to worry, men, about how many misses you've had. I mean, yes, I think we still have to get rejected in order to gain confidence, in order to get better at approach, in order to become more natural and authentic in our approach. And I think that it's super important to make sure that we continuously do that. But you can de-stress a lot because you stop. You take a lot of women off the table. You take a lot of women off the table that aren't going to matter, that are actually going to be a bad thing for you. Because what you're going to realize is that 70, 80, 90% of the women in the world are not compatible with you, and you need to find the people that are compatible with you, people that understand you, people that know how to listen to you, people that um, have similar goals to you, see, people that see the world very, very similar to you do. And what this is also going to do is it's going to amplify your connections. It's going to make your connections that much better because you know who you're talking to, because you're able to be authentic, and you don't have to be fake, Right? going to amplify the fuck out of those connections make make things so much more desirable so much more fun so last but not least is i think this is a a a very good skill even though it's last on the list is research and study research and study or practice contemplating death and i know this is not a very sexy issue i know this is not a very popular topic and not many people actually think about death but when you think about this, you can realize that death is there to remind us that we only have one life. And it's the problem that I have, have with religion. Religion, I don't, I'm not saying there is no God. I'm not saying religion is a bad thing. I think religion has done many, many great things for people. I'm super glad that we have it. But I think part of the idea of having an afterlife leads to laziness of people in this life. And what I mean is that People know that there's an end, but there's not really an end. So they go on to another place. They, ha- they go to another area of consciousness where they're in control, where they can attain, where they can be happy, right? But if you give in to this idea that things will inevitably end, that you will die, then it's going to make the now more beautiful. You're going to be more intentional about the now. You're going to be a little freaked out, at least I am, knowing that There's things that you want to live and experience before you die, right? So whether that includes a bucket list, whether that includes being some sort of legend that goes down in history, whether that includes, you know, making a certain amount of money and having a certain type of relationship, whatever it is about this life that you have, your goals then should amplify and you should be more driven and you should be more responsible and you should be more dedicated to your life and stop holding back in all these things because you're actually afraid of what will happen at the end. I am afraid that I will go to my deathbed and regret not doing all the things that I want. So it gives me more power now. And the more that I think about death, the more that I contemplate death, the, know, the more that I know that death is right around the corner or possibly can be right around the corner, I ride a motorcycle, the more I want to be dedicated to my craft. The more I want to figure out who I am, the more I want to get to my success, the more I want to have really good relationships and do things good by other people and do things good by myself to have the best experience that I can while I'm here. And I know most of us are dragging this out 
trying to figure out how this works. But there's so much less stress and we can pick, we can make a lot more dedicated yes or no decisions when we realize that death can always happen. That will, sorry, that will happen. And that there's always a risk of it happening at any time. We just don't know. No amount of money, no amount of safety is going to keep you from getting there. The only thing that's going to help you stay away from death is your health, your physical health, your spiritual health, your mental health, and doing everything you can to take care of your body and mind to create that longevity. So these are my nine things. I hope you guys got something out of it. This is probably the first podcast that I've done in a very, very long time that is right off the cuff. Let me know what you guys think. As always, I love the fuck out of you guys. Go ahead and leave a review. Let me know what you guys think of these nine things because I would love to know how you see the world. Is there something else that you include? Is there something else you would take out or would you have a different perspective on? So beyond that, I love you guys very much. I can't wait to hear from you. I can't wait to get on to the next episode. The next episode is going to be with a fitness coach and we talk a lot of things about health and a lot of the bullshit that's going on in the health industry. So until then, stay strong and stay rebel-minded. This is your host, Zach. Out. Hey, guys. I hope that all things we've brought here, including the people, have helped you change the way that you see the world. And if it has, then it would help us so much if you leave a rating and a comment on iTunes or give any feedback wherever you listen to the RMP. Thank you for listening in, and don't forget to follow and subscribe. Question everything, my friends.